Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, now celebrating its 10th anniversary. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates 10 years of romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Olivia Ledbetter about her ceremony at the Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress with a cocktail hour at Mexico Vista in Epcot during the fireworks and a reception at Tower of Terror in Disney Hollywood Studios. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose all of these locations and how she planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Olivia. Hi, how are you? I am awesome. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you decided you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. Growing up, you know, it's a dream. You go on the monorail, you see the wedding pavilion, you think, oh, that can't be me. But what if it was? So a few years before we got engaged, you know, my mom and I were looking at other people's wedding pictures and I was saying, you know, I hate how the same people in town go to the same wedding venue. It's like, it would be nice to have at destination. She goes, well, you could always do Disney. And I said, oh, I could. So after my fiance proposed to me, not fiance, husband, that's a new one to get used to. <laughs> um, he proposed to me in front of the Crystal Palace with the castle in the background. It was obvious that we would do Disney. Now, how did the rest of your family and your friends react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? My friends and my family were unfazed. They knew that was going to happen. And they said, of course you are. Let me know the dates. I'll travel. Nathan's family was like kind of surprised because, you know, they have that picture of who's actually a Disney bride, I think. But whoever could travel, traveled, and it worked out. That's wonderful. How many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? We invited a strict 55, knowing that some wouldn't show up because our ceremony venue had a very strict limit of 50. And then we had... 40 RSVPS, but due to emergencies, I believe we had 35 at 10. Oh, interesting. Okay. Did you set up a Disney room block for your guests? We did not. Did you set one up at the Hyatt? We did not. We stayed all at Skyliner Resorts. Oh, great. Okay. Interesting. So we could save a lot of money on transportation that way. Got it. And you just felt like the room block was too much of a hassle? It was a hassle because a lot of people hadn't been to Disney before. And normally in years past, the first week of December, there's discounts. This is the first year that I don't think there have been because that's normally when we travel, which wasn't great, but it was easier this way for everyone involved. Got it. Okay. Now, how did you choose the day of the week and time of day for your wedding? I was standing in line for Rock and Roller Coaster the day after he proposed with my mom and we're playing with wedding dates. And I thought, oh, I'd love to have a Christmas wedding. And I remember Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I think, are the cheapest day of the week, right? Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, ooh, that would be great. And I thought, oh, he proposed on the 1st of December. How cool would it be to have it on the one-year anniversary? And then I realized 
December 1st, 21 is a palindrome because it's 12-121. So our date is the same forwards and backwards. So, so many reasons to pick that date. And then the time of the ceremony was 5. And I think sunset was 535. So it was absolutely perfect lighting. And then it wasn't too far of an amount of time from our activities at Epcot and then Hollywood Studios. Got it. Now, how did you decide to have your ceremony off-site at the Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress? That was a journey. Um, <laughs> we were looking through ceremony venues at Disney, and none were really speaking to me. I was starting to get really frustrated with the sales consultant, and I was just feeling like I was handing over my wedding and losing all control. And I wasn't going to be able to get the vision I wanted, and the ceremony is the most important part, right? So I had heard things on your podcast about Just Mary, and I thought, you know, what if we went with them? And I had a hard time accepting that because I felt like, oh, if I don't have my ceremony through Disney, I won't be a Disney bride. Totally not true. So originally we were looking at Crescent Terrace, I believe, at the Swan, and they didn't have a rain backup. Mm -hmm. So I said, send me anything you have, anything. And we just fell in love with the Hyatt Regency. It's a very like private little alcove off of the pool area. It's this gigantic tree with Spanish moss and lanterns, and it was absolutely perfect. That's wonderful. And how did you choose Mexico Vista for your cocktail hour and Tower of Terror for your reception? Mexico Vista, the sales consultant kept saying, there's nothing available, and I said anything. Look again. Find me something. And she said, how about Mexico Vista? And I said, done. We're together because of the Mexican restaurant. That's perfect. We'll take it. That's interesting because you don't see weddings use it a lot because the minimum, the guest count to use it is something like 70. So that's really cool that they were going to let you use it. Yeah, we were way below that. And I just chose not to tell anyone that. So, <laughs> and it has an amazing view of the show. Right. Now that there's the new show, it's probably the best spot to watch it, if we're being totally honest. They have those new cannons that shoot out basically from where you're sitting. And my poor grandfather was sitting right next to one. <laughs> oh, and it about did him in. Afterwards, he looks at me and he goes, and it went, Whoom! and I said, oh, no, we nearly killed him. <laughs> oh, no. It sounds like he was a good sport about it, though. He was. Bless his heart. <laughs> and then how did you choose Tower of Terror for the reception? Oh, Tower of Terror, you look at the pictures and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, it has that insanely gorgeous aesthetic and all of that. But, you know, you go, oh, but it's so late. And, you know, I listened to your podcast and so many people said, really, it doesn't matter how late it is. Most people don't care. It's the coolest experience you'll ever have. So I convinced Nathan, I convinced my mom and we went with it. <laughs> and did the guests care? Some of them did, but for the most part, they didn't. <laughs> now, did you use any outside vendors for any part of your event? Our floral was through Just Mary, and it was raining roses. Just Mary arranged our videography with crickets, and they also arranged a string quartet for our ceremony. Um, I'm trying to think. I think that might be it, honestly. Photography would be the only thing. How did you choose your officiant? It was actually Nathan's grandfather who married us. We tried to find any way possible to incorporate our families. So it was really kind of a community effort, I guess you could call it. And he had married some of Nathan's cousins before. So we figured it was a good choice. 
And then we had my grandmother do a kind of speech thing in the middle of the ceremony. So my family was included as well. Oh, that's wonderful. I loved it. One of the best things we did. So you had the fireworks at your cocktail hour. Did you have any kind of entertainment at the reception? We had a DJ, and then we also had the bubble machines. Oh, great. How did you like them? I was spinning, so I didn't see them very much because they only play for your first dance, which is kind of a little bit of a ripoff, if we're being totally honest. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I was talking to my steps. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do them because they're kind of expensive and they only play for so long. He's like, I want the bubbles. Get the bubbles. And I said, okay, I'll get the bubbles. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, do you have any menu items or cake flavors you would recommend from your cocktail hour or your reception? Oh my gosh. The nacho bar at cocktail hour all the way. Not super expensive per person. Everybody loved it. We had guests saying it was the best food they had all week. Wow. Mm -hmm. And then we did totally custom menus at our reception and our welcome party as well. Our reception, we did corn dog nuggets, which did not travel well wherever they came from. French fries, I didn't try them, but I had a feeling they didn't travel well either. Liberty Tree Tavern salad, La Cellier cheese soup, which that was a hit. Mickey waffles that did not travel well. Hmm. Um, yeah, so less than enthused with the food for our reception. I'm not really sure what happened, but it was not the quality that we got at our previous events. But our cake was great. We did a marble cake with the cookies and cream filling for our main cake. And that was really, really good. We got a lot of compliments about that. But they cut it and gave a few people some slices. Then it disappeared and we never got the leftovers. (gasps) So not sure what's happening there. And then we never cut the groom's cake. So we took it home with us and went on the honeymoon and thawed it out. And we've been eating on it for a week afterwards. And it was very good. It was chocolate with peanut butter cup filling. Oh, nice. Very good. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about your welcome party, where you had it, and if you did any ride mix-ins or anything? Yeah, our welcome party was at Animal Kingdom. We entered the park, immediately went to... Kilimanjaro Safari for the ride mix in. We actually brought the cake topper and I made this little tiny figurine of our dog to put on the wedding cake so it looked like she was taking a bite out of it. My maid of honor was carrying the bag and I watched the box with the dog hop out of the bag and fall under the truck as <gasps> we were getting on. We I screamed, everybody stop! It, it was a whole thing. They couldn't find it. They said, you're going to have to drive off and see if it's under there. So I turn around as we drive off and the woman on the on the loading bay has like the grabber tongs out trying to find it. And I just scream, did she find it? And everybody in the back of the bus just shakes their head no. So every time we hit a patch of water, I'm like, if it's stuck on the on the bus, it's gone. It's gone. So we pull over to the side before we unload. And this guy finds it tucked under some ledge they have on the bus and hands it to me. And the box is just soaking wet with what we're calling hippo water. But we got it back. So... We had a very eventful time. What was weird, though, is when we got off, our event guide wasn't there. So we just started walking. I said, I know where Tamu Tamu Lounge is. Let's go. Huh. Yeah, that was strange to me. But it turns out he was at the front of the park 
with one of my guests who came late, and he held her for 30 minutes and wanted to make her way over an hour for other guests who had just flown in. So she had to argue with him to get him to bring her to our party. Huh. Yeah, that was really fun. So make sure you communicate with your guests about timing and making sure to tell the event guides to go ahead and take you back. That would be my tip. But Tamu Tamu was gorgeous. The bartender, the event coordinator there, the food and beverage lady, amazing. The chef came out and talked to me. I misunderstood him at one point and offered him a drink, and he got a little concerned, I think, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then we did a totally custom menu there, too. We did the bread service from Sanaa, butter chicken from Sanaa, Jiko mac and cheese, Ohana noodles, chicken fingers, and apparently were the talk of the town in catering because we did the Disneyland pickle corn dogs. So it's the meat of the corn dog and then a pickle and then it's breaded and fried. Those were a massive hit. They're so wrong, but so good. (laughs) But I would say that and the worms and dirt dessert were the biggest hits of that whole night. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Great. So super simple dessert, but major hit. And I forgot to ask, did you do a ride mix in between your cocktail hour in Epcot and your reception in Hollywood Studios? We did. We did Soren. Got it. Okay, great. So your guests got to go on a couple of rides during your event. They week. did. And I'm very glad that we chose pretty inclusive rides. So everyone could do them, including the grandparents and the few kiddos that we had. So yeah, that's a good point because some of them, like if you do test track or something, it's not, not everybody can ride. Right. And I told my mom, I said, this is the one thing I have to have. This is the one chance in my life. I get to ride a ride at Disney in my wedding dress and we're going to make it happen. (laughs) So can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day ran? We started around 10 with hair a very, very dear family friend is our hairdresser, and she came with us and did our hair. So that was very special. Makeup came, I want to say around 12, with dress steaming and the Just Merry Day of coordinators, who are absolute angels. I love them to pieces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we just kind of got ready. The guys got ready in a different room, and I think they left their room at 2.45, went in a limo to the ceremony venue and did all of the, is it the groom's party pictures? They say bridal party, but I'm like, that's not the boys. So they got those pictures out of the way. And then at three, us girls loaded up in our limo. They dropped the girls off at the lobby. All the boys went to the lobby. And then Nathan and I did a private first look, which I highly, highly recommend. Then from there, we did all of the family pictures, ran through them as fast as possible, and then we had our ceremony at 5. And by 5.30, I think all of our guests were in limos back to their resorts. And then we had a private driver who Nathan knows in Orlando because he's Nathan, and he actually took us and our photographers to the Grand Floridian to take some pictures since it was Christmas time and why not? get the pictures while you can. And then from there we ended up, our ceremony ended up, was at five. And I think we were back at Riviera where we were staying around seven or seven thirty. And then 
we found pretty much our entire wedding at the bar. And we looked at each other and said, oh, we never signed the marriage license. So there are some very high quality pictures of us signing our marriage license in the bar. And that's one of the best memories we have of the wedding because it's incredibly genuine (laughs) and you can't make that up. (laughs) And then I think we needed to be at Epcot at 8.15. So I think everybody tried to be in the Skyliner at 8 and meet at International Gateway. And since pretty much all of our guests were at Skyliner Resorts, we didn't have to pay for transportation to get them there. All of them just hopped on the Skyliner and met us there. And we actually had zero issues with that. So Skyliner Resorts are something I would highly recommend if you're doing a Hollywood Studios or Epcot event. And then I think we were to Mexico Vista by 8.45, ate some nachos and watched the fireworks. And once the fireworks were over, we headed over to Soren. And then we took the backstage transportation, which was super cool. Our bus driver was great. He narrated the backstage to us, so we knew what things were. And then we arrived to Hollywood Studios. So something we did was Nathan and I went with our photographer and one of my bridesmaids who set up a few items for us. And we went to be able to see the space for ourselves because, you know, we hadn't seen the cake beforehand or the place settings or anything. And we did a choreographed dance, so we wanted to run through that with the space available for us. So we kind of got a feel for how much area we had. And we actually ran into a problem. We walked to the space, ran through the dance, looked at the cake and we said, okay, call our guests to go ahead and start coming back here. So it was probably 15 minutes that they were supposed to wait the bus. Well, time goes on, time goes on. We run the dance a few more times. They hide us up the stairs in the courtyard talking to the DJ and he's like oh well it's 11:45 now and the reception was supposed to start at 11 and I go what do you mean we've lost a whole hour of our reception and he's like all right like we're gonna tell them to hurry up we're gonna call down and make sure they're making them hurry he's like stay up here and he goes as soon as they walk in I'm gonna tell them to take a seat so we're leaning over the railings and watching all of our guests you know mosey around some of them like nose to nose with the wedding cake looking at it and I'm just standing there going sit down sit down sit down the whole time (laughs) but um Steve Dunlap was great he said all right everybody take your seats we're taking our seats in about 30 seconds please take our seats so we can introduce the couple okay it is time to take your seats and I said thank you Steve so it we did the formal announcement first dance he did a mother son dance and I actually did a family dance my boss gave me the great idea to have my whole family come out and do a dance. And I thought it was really fantastic. We did it to Super Trooper by ABBA because you got to throw a Mamma Mia reference in there. (laughs) So they opened up the food pretty much immediately. And then at two, we wrapped up the reception and headed on home. That's great. So when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention or your budget? Budget went to alcohol, if we're being totally honest. (laughs) You know, Um, the ceremony was very important to me. And I knew that because I was working with Just Mary, I could get all the elements I wanted without some of the constraints Disney would put on it. I felt like Raining Roses had a more trendy style than some of Disney's florists. So I put 
a lot of effort into the floral and I sent them way too many inspiration pictures and they delivered this incredible sleeping beauty dream ceremony that I still can't get over. So that was definitely a lot of effort. A lot of my time went into minute planning, like writing down every single combination of people who had to have pictures taken and a very detailed transportation schedule down to each person. And people thought I was crazy for doing that. And, you know, I was called neurotic through the whole planning process. But then everybody was like, you're so calm the day of the wedding. And I said, that's because I overplanned everything. Hmm. So I'm not sure everybody would recommend that method of doing it, but it worked for me. That's interesting because, yeah, if you're able to be type A or whatever, neurotic, but then let it go on the day of the wedding because you know you've done your planning, then, yeah, that's a great way to do it. Right. I was very happy to be able to step back the entire day and know it was taken care of, especially because we had just married for the ceremony and one of my bridesmaids is incredible. She's worked with a wedding planner before and she just handled it. Oh, that's great. Have good people in your corner. (laughs) And I'm curious, since you did all the floral and decor at the ceremony and you weren't able to transfer them to the reception or anything, so what did you do with it? It's just gone. I hated it. We were leaving and I'm like, oh, oh, we have to leave it. It's so sad. So I hated leaving that floral Hmm. so much, but at least we had my bouquet. Right. Okay. So then what aspects were less important where you saved your money or you saved your effort? Decor at the welcome party and Epcot. I did none. I said, I don't care about tablecloths or anything. Nobody cares here. So we didn't spend like hardly any money on that. I didn't get a videographer for the reception, which now I regret. Mm. But, you know, we saved money there. We didn't do a very wide array of food for our cocktail hour at Epcot, which was honestly better. I say nacho bar all the way. Even if that was just your reception food, I think that would be fine in my opinion. (laughs) (gasps) Yeah. What else did we do? We did one signature drink at each place and then beer and wine, which every time I spoke to the planners, I said one signature drink and beer and wine. And somehow they ended up opening up the bar to all premium liquors before we could catch it. And my mom's like, well, I think the BEO said that. And I said, but I didn't understand that. And I told them one signature drink. So some people already had their own little drinks and I had to have that conversation and the food and beverage guy was nice. He was like, well, how about we just don't charge him, charge you for them? And I said, that would be great, but we did it this way so people don't get too drunk. And he goes, oh, I said, yeah. So he cut it off immediately. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Now, what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? Oh, gosh. I mean, the first look was amazing. The ceremony was amazing with both of our grandparents involved. Everybody was crying the whole time. And the whole time during the ceremony, you just hear (laughs) from everyone crying. And then, honestly, the bus ride back from the reception was so fun because it was just the people who were still partying at that point. (laughs) And we had honestly been partying together for five nights at that point. So it was a little wild. So if there are new rules on the buses, I'm sorry. That might be our fault. (laughs) 
So instead of, if you're looking at the altar, instead of having the bride's family on the left and the groom's on the right, we actually switched that so our families could see our faces. Oh, interesting. I loved it because if I looked up, I saw my family in the first row, which that was a bit of a problem when my aunt was sobbing and I was trying not to cry. Hmm. But I really loved it, and I would really recommend that. That's a great tip. Now, you talked a little bit about how the food, a lot of the food was cold at the reception, maybe because they took so long to start the reception. Was there anything else that went wrong or just didn't turn out like you expected? Some of the food was a tiny bit messed up at Animal Kingdom, but it was addressed immediately that it was wrong. Nothing major wrong at all there. But other than that, it was pretty much all right. I mean, Animal Kingdom went very smoothly other than our event guide just leaving us. And the um, hippo water incident. (laughs) Mexico Vista was fantastic. When we were leaving Mexico Vista to go to Soren, the event guides we had there made very sure to tell us that there were very nice bathrooms on the way to Soren (laughs) in that pavilion. Those are good bathrooms. I love the land bathroom. So that was a nice little added touch that we all appreciated. (laughs) So really, it was the timing at the reception and the quality of the food. Interesting. Okay. Now, is there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand, but then it turned out not to be? Oh, gosh, probably. But now that you ask it, I'm like, no, it was fine. Everything (laughs) was great. (laughs) Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I probably would have stressed to my guests that they had to tell me if they were not coming. We had about five people not come at all. And we didn't know. We didn't know one until our welcome party. We got married the Wednesday after Thanksgiving. And one person told us on Thanksgiving they weren't coming. And then we had another couple not come because he broke his back, which is 100% understandable. Hmm. But I mean, we were still charged for their food. And another thing that bothered me is my wedding planner. Well, the three of them that I ended up having being rotated between them never asked me for a final guest count. So I wasn't sure when I was supposed to give that or if I needed to give that. And I couldn't remember what was actually charged per person when we got there. And I mean, most of the people that didn't come were last minute didn't come. So I wish Disney charged by the people that actually showed up. But I get they have to make the food. So in a way, I get it. But it really put us at a disadvantage. Do you have any tips or advice for future Disney couples? Be meticulous. Go through every detail and have someone else read over it. Because every rendition of the BEO, something different was changed. And you have to just make sure it's correct. Coming from the highly type A person. This should be the type A person's guide to a Disney wedding. (laughs) Communicate with your guests as much as possible. We got married on Wednesday and we got down there on a Friday. And that was a very good amount of time to be down there beforehand. It kind of felt like we were able to get sea legs under us and be stable before, you know, the wolves descended, if you want to call it that. 
That's a good point, though. Yeah, it's good to have plenty of time for last minute things that you have to do to get ready. Mm -hmm. And we had friends from out of town who were able to come in early. And we all spent so much time together and made so many memories outside of the wedding that that's really one of my favorite things about our entire wedding week is being able to spend so much time and make really unique memories with people who wouldn't have been in the same room together if we hadn't been getting married. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Well, Olivia, I think you've offered a lot of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in getting married at Walt Disney World, especially if they want to combine an off-site ceremony with the Disney reception. And I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com. <laughs>